This story is dedicated by the Drukman family in honor of the birthday of Levi Drukman, Yudbeis Tishri. There was the Rebbe Maharash. His name was Reb Shmuel, the son of Tzmach Sedek. And sometimes he would go out in the horse and wagon for a ride around different places, different towns. And while they were riding, he would be thinking very deep. Don't know exactly what. He can't know what a tzaddik's thinking. But that's what he'd do. He'd go around for a ride different places. One of the villages he would ride around sometimes was a Jewish hotel. And even though the Rebbe's wagon would pass by a bunch of times, the Rebbe never stopped there. Until one day, it was in Chodesh Elul, all of a sudden when the Rebbe was traveling by that town, the Rebbe told the wagon driver, stop by this hotel, this Jewish hotel, this inn right here. And he got out, he went inside, and no one was home except for this, the two young boys. So the Rebbe asked them, where's your tati? Where's your mommy? And they said, oh, um, they went somewhere. They'll be back soon. So then the Rebbe Marash asked them, and where's your Rebbe who teaches you? I said, oh, he went home for Rosh Hashanah. So he's not here now. So the Marash asked them, what did your Rebbe teach you? So the older boy said, I learned Chumash already. I know Chumash. And the younger one said, and I know how to say Tilim. I learned how to read. All excited. So the Rebbe said, can I give you guys a test? Bring me a Tilim. Sure. They ran to bring a Tilim. And they brought it to the Rebbe Marash. The Rebbe Marash opened the Tilim. And then the three of them started saying Tilim together. The Rebbe with these two boys. And they were saying it with a lot of Kavana. So in middle, the innkeeper's wife came home and when she saw the Rebbe's carriage outside she was very surprised wow the Rebbe came stopped by our hotel <gasps> she came inside and she heard from the other room the Rebbe sang Tilim together with her sons and she didn't bother them she just stood in the other room she was listening and the sound of the Tilim it like shook her up it was like so deep moved her she never heard such a beautiful davening before. Her sons sang beautiful, and especially hearing the Rebbe's voice. So she was kind of simple. She didn't know what the words meant, but it, it, it made her so emotional inside that she felt her eyes getting wet from tears from hearing such a beautiful sang tilim. So they sang tilim, and then they stopped. So the Rebbe closed the safe tilim, and he walked to the door, about to leave. The Rebbe was by the door, about to walk out, when all of a sudden the Rebbe stopped. He turned back to the boys and said, let's take some more Tillim. And came back and again started saying Tillim with them. Started saying Tillim for another few minutes, for another while. And finally, he told them, you know, Kindalach children be well and tell your Tati I say hello. He kissed the mezuzah and left, went into the wagon. So the Rebbe's wagon left, and the innkeeper's wife, she was like frozen in her spot, and she had this very like strange feeling 
inside of her heart. She was all worried. You know, my husband left earlier this morning and he was going to go collect money that people owed him, different going owed him money to pay for the hotel, but he didn't come back. He's supposed to be a while ago. And, and how come the Rebbe came? Something must have happened. So it came later. It's getting almost, you know, getting dark. And still, her husband didn't come back. So she's getting all scared. Like, why didn't he come home? Something must have happened to him. She's getting nervous and scared. So her children, her children saw mommy getting all nervous and scared. And they also started getting very scared. Seeing mommy's, and they said, Mommy, where's Tati? What happened? Where's Tati? And she didn't know. And that's why she's scared. So she's just crying more. And the children, they see their mommy crying, and they're crying. Where's Tati crying? We want him, Tati. What happened to him? So, and he's not there. It gets dark, late. And mommy's going crazy. She doesn't know where her husband is. It finally came around midnight when she heard a knock on the door. Who's there? And she heard her husband's voice. It's me. Open the door, please. <gasps> she unlocked the door, opened it up, and he came in, breathing very heavy, and he fell on the floor inside the house. Boom, faint on the floor. So she closed the door, locked it again, poured water in his face, brought him to the couch, said, Wake up, what happened to you? Wake up, wake up. So finally he woke up, and he seemed very weak. And uh, he started to tell his wife what happened said, I came to one of the goyim from a nearby little, little village and this guy he owed me a lot of money. He's been coming to my hotel the whole year and he's been eating food and drinking and he said, yeah, I'll pay you um, I'll pay you when it comes time for me to cut my uh, my wheat, you know, then I'll get money, I'll pay you then. So again, he's eating and said, okay, you owe me more money. Yeah, yeah I'll pay you, I'll pay you the whole way at the end of the year. So finally now, but at the end of the year, when he's cutting his wheat, he should have money now. So I came by his house, and I said, Ah, come into the barn. I have a bunch of wheat there. I'll give you a bunch of wheat worth a lot of money. Okay. I came into the barn. As soon as I came in, he locked the door. He took a rope, and he threw it around me and pulled it tight, and he tied me to this part of the a beam. And then he told me, Well... I have no choice. Now I need to kill you. So I thought he was joking. I said, okay, stop the joking. He said, no, 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 no. I'm going to kill you now. And he was looking for his axe, something that he used to chop wood. It's a big metal piece. And Chassel Shomli wanted to do with it. He said, no, no, no. Um, uh, let's say his name is Ivan, Mr. Ivan. Yeah, we've been friends for a long time. What are you doing? What, what happened to you? Don't kill me. I have a wife and children. You're not scared that God's going to punish you? you know, forget about the money. You don't need to pay me anything. Just untie me, um, and, and we'll be friends, and let me go. And he just ignored me, saying, where's my axe? Where did it go? Where did my axe? Where's my, where's my axe? Where did it go? Uh, oh, oh, I know. It's outside by the trees. Oh, let me go get it. I'm going to go kill him. And he opened the door and walked out to go look for his axe. So I'm going crazy. He's looking for his axe and to come back in a few minutes and Chas is going to kill me. So I'm fighting, trying to get out of these ropes, trying to escape. He tied me up. And like very soon afterwards, this guy's wife came back from the field 
and she heard these like weird sounds inside the barn, she came in. When she saw me tied up, she got all scared. And, like wanted to run away. Like she's scared what's happening here. And I said, please, save me. Untie me. Quick, quick. And she got all scared. And she said, I can't. You know, that guy, my husband, he's a murderer. He killed other people before. And if I untie you, you know what's going to happen? He'll, he's going to kill me then. So I said, please untie me. First of all, he's not going to know. He's going to think I pushed open the ropes. He's not going to know you did it. And, and, and it's not just, it's not because you're not saving me to save him, your husband from another, you know, big Aveda. Save yourself. You, save your children from doing such another big crime. You really want God to punish you? And, and, and listen, anyways, now your husband, he looks like he's kind of drunk. By the time he, he, tomorrow, he'll be not going to be drunk anymore. He's, he'll be happy he didn't murder someone. And it's going to be a big, a curse on everyone if he does it. You got to save me. You can't let me get killed. He's not going to know it was you. Don't let him kill me, please. So she was like, uh, kind of scared. Should I, should she untie him? Should she not? It's like, uh, kind of scared of her husband. Uh, 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 until finally, uh, uh, okay, fine, quick. Untie him. Now go, run. So this year he ran away into the field, but he was so scared and was even like sick, like from what happened to him, that he, he couldn't really run fast. And he couldn't run far, so he ran into the field and found like some like bushes, like trees, and hid behind the trees. So just when he jumped in the trees, he looked, peeked out, and he saw this guy walking inside the barn with his big axe, and a few seconds later, running out with his axe, like a screaming, like a crazy person. Where did he go? Screaming away, holding his axe. And he was looking for me. Where did I go? Where did, where did I escape? And he was looking for me. And he was running right towards where I was hiding. So I was so scared that he would see me. I froze in my place. And I even like held my breath so he shouldn't hear me breathing. He ran so close to me that I could smell him. Like the alcohol in his breath. How like he was... Whatever. And then... I had his, and he, but Baruch Hashem, he ran right past me, and he didn't see me, and he was running, running until finally gave up, and he went back home, went back in his house. So I stayed inside the trees, I hid, because it was still light outside. And I figured if I walk outside, and he looks out the window and sees me, then uh, it's not going to be good. So I was hiding there for a long, long time, until finally got dark, until I snuck out, until I was far away, once it was a bit far away that he couldn't see or hear me, even in the dark, then I started to run home and, huh, Baruch Hashem, Hashem saves me. So, Baruch Hashem is alive. And then, and then his wife said, you know, something very strange happened to us today. Today, the Rebbe came to our house and he said to him, with our boys, and then he's going to leave. He stopped and he came back and said to him again a second time. So, oh, what time was it? Right in the bit, that time, you know, I don't know what time it was. That was the time I was in the barn, and then the second time he was looking for me. Twice the Rebbe said to him. The Rebbe's Ruch HaKadosh knew what was happening, even far away. It's the first time when the woman said, uh, should I say, untie him? Should I not? Yeah, no. Eh, eh. The Rebbe was saying, tell him with the boys. And then she decided, okay, let me untie him. 
And then the second time, when this guy was looking from trying to go catch him, again, the Rebbe said, tell him with the boys, and the guy didn't see him. The guy ran right past him. So from then on, he said, okay, now we're going to say extra tilm every day after davening. And thank Hashem for this miracle that saved us.